This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 685, Lessons from Business School, part two, by the Mad Fientist of madfientist.com. And I am your host and narrator, Dan. Happy Friday, hope you've had a great week. And welcome back to the place where I read to you from some of the best personal finance blogs on the planet. Before we get to our post from the Mad Fientist today, this episode is brought to you by Stessa. Stessa is a fantastic tool that lets real estate investors automate the busy work so we can focus on growing our portfolios. It ensures that tax time is a breeze and lets investors see all their properties and key performance metrics in one central dashboard. No more manually updating spreadsheets. To learn more and get started with a free account, go to stessa.com OFD. That's S-T-E-S-S-A dot OFD. And today's post is actually a continuation from yesterday, so I would recommend listening to that post first if you haven't already. That's episode 684. Now, let's get to part two and continue optimizing your life. Lessons from Business School, part two, by the Mad Fientist of madfientist.com. Negotiation continued. Three, use information to build credibility. Knowledge is power in negotiations, so always make sure you do extensive research before heading into a negotiation. I actually used this tactic when I purchased a used car a few weekends ago. I did a lot of research on the car that I was hoping to purchase and then emailed the dealership to present the amount I was willing to pay for the car. In my email, I described the data that went into computing the price and the reasoning behind my calculations. Only when they agreed on my price did I go into the dealership. After test driving the car, I noticed that the tires were bald, so I lowered my number further to account for the fact that I'd have to replace the tires. The salesman said to me, look, my manager already lowered the price more than I thought he would allow me to, so I assure you that you are getting the best price. My reply was, we agreed on a fair price under the assumption that the car was in clean condition. Bald tires were not expected, so obviously if I was willing to pay X for the car before, it's understandable that I am only willing to pay X minus 500 now. Since I had built credibility by presenting the information I used to compute the fair price, there really wasn't any way for him to argue with me at that point. He spoke with his manager again, they agreed on the new price, and we bought the car. Had I just picked a number out of thin air without doing any research, it would have been very easy for him to say, oh, the extremely low price takes into account the bald tires, and I wouldn't have had any way to argue otherwise. Plan for the worst case scenario. It's important to assume the worst and plan for it accordingly. If you run the numbers and your investment will still be profitable in the worst case scenario, you'll feel a lot more confident proceeding with the deal. That's not to say you should plan for Armageddon, or even another financial meltdown. But if you think that rents have a 90% probability of being between $100 and $125 per square foot, make sure you're still profitable when running the numbers at 100. Recognize cycles. Real estate, as well as many other types of businesses, are cyclical. Even though it may feel like the good or bad times will last forever, they never do. If you can recognize when people are overly optimistic or pessimistic and get a sense for when the tides are about to change, you can position yourself to profit when others are losing their shirts. Align incentives. When entering any sort of agreement where multiple parties are involved, make sure that everyone's incentives are aligned. When I bought my first house and needed to replace my bathroom, I did a bad job of aligning incentives with my contractors. 
I paid too much money up front, so the plumbers had no real incentive to do the work quickly. It made more sense for them to work on a different job that they hadn't yet been paid for, so we spent weeks without a working bathroom. Think outside the box. For beginning real estate investors, the most common investment is usually some type of residential property, single-family home or a duplex, things like that. While these investments can be good for first-time investors, there are many other types of real estate that could potentially be more profitable. For example, industrial or warehouse space could potentially provide higher, more consistent returns. So rather than only focusing on finding the most attractive residential investment, it may be worthwhile to investigate entirely different and less obvious types of assets. Deliberate versus emergent strategies. No matter how much planning you do up front, things are going to happen that you weren't expecting. When they do, it sometimes forces you to completely change direction and develop a new strategy. As long as you are flexible and don't try to force yourself to stick to the deliberate strategy when it is no longer effective, you can still profit from the emergent strategies. Barriers to competition. When choosing investments or starting businesses, think about how hard it would be for competitors to enter the market. If you are planning to develop a new retail store in the center of a city but anticipate many zoning headaches, for example, even though those headaches will be a pain to you initially, you could eventually benefit from the stricter zoning regulations. If you are able to tackle the rezoning process and complete the project successfully, the project will end up being that much more valuable after you do because it will be difficult for a competitor to complete a similar project. Conclusion. In the final class, the professor offered some general advice to the MBA students as they prepare to enter the business world. His final slide contained the following quote, Today's mighty oak is just yesterday's nut that held its ground, end quote. Sometimes it's when everyone is telling you that you're crazy that you will find the most success. Hopefully during those times, you'll have the confidence and resolve to hold your ground in order to see what grows. You just listened to part two of the post titled Lessons from Business School by the Mad Fientist of madfientist.com. And thank you again to Stessa for sponsoring today's episode. Stessa brings the institutional tools used by pro real estate investors right to you for free. It was built by real estate investors for real estate investors. It's tough to manage and track multiple properties, juggle multiple bank accounts, unsure how much money we're actually making each month. For all you rental property investors out there like me, Stessa is an essential and really cool tool every growing real estate investor needs. It automates the busy work so we can focus on growing our portfolios. It ensures that tax time is a breeze and lets investors see all their properties and key performance metrics in one central dashboard. I can't tell you how long I looked for a way to do that, and Stessa is exactly what I needed. To learn more and get started with a free account, go to stessa.com OFD. That's S-T-E-S-S-A dot OFD. And that'll do it for today and for this week here at Optimal Finance Daily. As always, thank you so much for being here and for listening to our episodes this week. Hope you enjoyed them and have yourself a great weekend. I will be right back here with you on Monday and that's where your optimal life awaits.